Uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to try to rescue him and he's going to call me Wally? F him. I'll leave him tied to a chair getting kicked in the ribs. How about that? <laughs> That's right. What's up, Internet? You're listening to the 17th episode of the Series 6 podcast, where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We are your hosts. I'm R.D. And I'm Jay. Get ready to engage your hyperdrives. This time around, we'll be reviewing episode 17, titled Shaky. <laughs> but before getting into that... <laughs> Sorry. You like that title? You know, the title just makes me think of like someone on drugs, but that's fine. Anyways, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's a drug thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. I'm sick, Jay. I got problems, Jay. Right. <laughs> just start. All right, Jay. I'm a little late with this, but Betamountain.org recently celebrated its 18th birthday. Oh, yeah. It's legal now, in case any other websites want to take a run at it. <laughs> so You won't go to jail websites. That's right. So it's a drinking website. No, or, or is it 19? It's it, No, yeah, it's 19. Still legal. Everything I said still applies. That's true. Legal. You can vote. <laughs> you Only know. slightly less creepy. Yeah, true. So speaking of Betamountain.org, Rabbi Bob mm-hmm. was the winner of last episode's prize oh yeah did he get it what did he say he got it uh so i offered listeners a chance to win some original artwork by me mm-hmm. and rabbi bob won the lucky draw and the prize was this i participated in um inktober 2018 and i sent him all of the original inktober drawings okay do you know about inktober Jay? no i do not all right well there's a hashtag for it so i i assumed everybody knows no no i'll have to check it out inktober listener is where participants make an ink sketch or drawing for each day of the month of october while following prompts okay by prompts i mean that each day has a keyword assigned to it so your drawing for that day has to somehow relate to that word oh i got you so i did most of the drawings on yellow post-it papers using red ink okay a couple are in black and white you know because why be consistent but what Rabbi Bob did with his prize was kind of mind-blowing. He made a, a time-lapse video of him boarding and framing the drawings in order. That video was as cool as the finished product. Like He took art and made way better art out of it. Okay, I got to go check out this. Yeah, I'm going to have to show it to you. I'll, I'll uh, put a link to it in um in the show notes. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Rabbi Bob, and congratulations on being randomly selected. You did a great thing. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Jumping in the pool. Yeah. Uh, and also, thank you to the members of Operation Icarus, especially Maria, who put together a tribute video in um, honor of Betamountain.org's 19th anniversary. You know, she's she's awesome. Maria, you're the best. You are. On to the next bit of business, Jay. Okay, man. What are we doing? It appears we have to climb a power core chamber. What? You're going to have to do the scream fall, though. Like, my next door neighbor is a cop. I don't want to alarm him. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. So, Uh, yeah, we we have a new iTunes review. It's from Malone2814, and he gave us five stars. Nice. Oh, my goodness. What? What? Are you eBay user, ladies, man, 2814? (laughs) (laughs) The review is as follows. Okay. If you love 80s cartoons, give this pod a listen. The hosts are old friends talking about Galaxy Rangers, a show they love, and it's a very warm and inviting podcast. I actually know who left this review. Oh, you do? Yeah. Do they know us? Well, he knows me. Okay. He's the host of the Joe on Joe podcast. Oh, yeah? 
He's an awesome guy, and I actually was a guest on that podcast recently. Yeah, what's that podcast about? It reviews each and every episode of G.I. Joe. Holy crap. Okay. He is near the end. He's all the way up to the DIC episodes. Okay. Like, remember when they did that second version of G.I. Joe where the art changed drastically? Mm, and Technicolored and... Yeah, where everything was, like, really bright and fluorescent. Yep, I remember. They totally messed up the toys, too. I remember that. Everything became brighter and stuff. The X-29, which was their new Sky Striker, was, like, turned into some yellow tiger-having nonsense. Tiger Force was a little bit before that. Was it? Yeah. There was Tiger Force where everybody on the team was yellow. Uh, had, like, yellow and black uh, stripes. Painful memories. Ah, oh, man. I don't think I watched that all that much, man. After the colors, I couldn't do it. I lost interest because it was, like, G.I. Joe was gone for a while. Right. Like, after G.I. Joe the movie, they, they kind of left us hanging. Yeah, that's true. I think they were gone for, like, maybe two or three years. Right. Then they popped it back out. No. Yeah, when it came back, it was D.I.C. Right. Right. So, do you think he's going to pick up the other ones? Like the other G.I. Joe cartoons that came out after? Like the 90, well, the 2000 stuff? or I'm not entirely sure what he has planned, but I think he's going to take like kind of a hiatus. Mm-hmm. He has plans, I'm sure, but he hasn't like gone into detail about them. He has a Patreon and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'd rather he be here so he could talk about all that stuff. But, uh, oh, let's go. Let's have him on. He does a side podcast called Joe on Joe Illustrated. Okay. And that one is Patreon only. Right. And like every five or six, he'll throw one out like to the main feed, you know, so people can get a sample of it. Yeah. And that one is actually a really awesome podcast as well. It's okay. uh, where he goes through panel by panel each issue of G.I. Joe, the comic. Wow. Yeah, which I used to read. So I remember a lot of the stuff that he talks about. Oh, that's cool. And beforehand, he talks about all the stuff that was on the comic shelves at the uh, at the, like at that time for that month. Mm-hmm. So listening to him is kind of like being transported back to a 1987 comic shop. Wow, that doesn't exist anymore. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, there there are so few, man. I mean, we got a couple up this way. You just gotta. They're hard to find, though. Yeah, the brick and mortar stores. They're like a, a dying breed. There's like you know what? I still, there's two of them in Harvard Square. There's still Superhero Universe and uh, yep. New England Comics? Yep. I think that's what wow. they're called. Yeah, yeah, the one downstairs and then the one on the corner near IHOP. Yeah. Yeah, still there. Still there, man. Very cool. It is. I used to frequent those. I, I worked at Harvard at one point, and I used to uh, always, before work, stop by the comic shop. It's actually, you know, good spot. But yeah, thank you, Joe, for the review. We look forward to you accepting our warm invitation. Please, come and visit. So uh, I have a topic, Jay. Okay, man. Shoot. I just saw Bumblebee. Okay. Actually, I just saw it a couple of weeks ago. Okay, good. <laughs> but uh, and aside from from it being a great movie, it did something that I didn't think would be possible for a long time. It course corrected the live action Transformers movies. Okay, that's an interesting concept. Removing certain elements and adding others made a world of difference. Okay. Now I don't think about the next Transformers movie with a sense of dread. i mean the past five transformers movies the first one started off like questionable yeah i know (laughs) man it was and they only got progressively i'm not gonna say progressively worse because they're they're bad in different order yeah man (laughs) i know man it's a whole bunch of you know me being 3d guy and all that stuff there's some laziness that drives me nuts and i'm a continuity guy right and every transformers movie felt like they 
completely threw away the storyline before it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I can't agree with you more, man. It's, it was horrible. I'm like, what? We're just going to make money on this one, too. This time, I actually really, really like the storyline. Okay. Like the Bumblebee one. Okay. It's uh, really well done. I can't wait for you to see it so we can talk about it. Like, yeah, yeah, man. With spoilers. Yeah, I'm going to gonna see it. I'm going to just leave everybody <clears throat> in my house at some point. Just be like, yep. <laughs> Where's dad? I don't know. He's bailing on us. I'm like, yes, I am. I'm out. Going to the movies. So, I think the consensus is that the G.I. Joe movies yep. also were not as good as they could have been. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh. Which brings me to my question. Okay. What two things about the G.I. Joe movies would you change in retrospect? <sighs> what two things? First thing I would change is Destro would be a black guy. He's Scottish. Come on, man. You, okay, the black people in Scotland, dude. Can we stop? There are? Moors, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, they're around. Trust me. Trust me. In Ireland, too, man, believe it or not. Okay. Um, Historically. <laughs> but we are everywhere. I don't know. We are everywhere, man. It's crazy. Come on, man. When you look at that show, that was like, hey, that, that dude ain't Scottish. <laughs> <So> <laughs> My dear Cobra Commander. He does sound like he's African. I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> I was like, you're not very Scottish. <laughs> so, like, the writers just like, couldn't do it. What is that accent, dude? I don't <laughs> know, man. The writers just couldn't do it. It wasn't, it wasn't Scottish. <laughs> it's not an Edinburgh accent. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, what kind of Scotland you're from, dude? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, man, but funny. Um, So, yes, that's one of the things I would change right off the bat because why couldn't he start off with the mask? Because the storyline in the show was, you know, that was like his family thing, right? Yeah. I didn't mind that. There's a reason. And he was an arms dealer and all this other good stuff. What else could I change? I didn't mind Duke finding out about G.I. Joe and it already existing. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't mind that. But if they could have made him more like... Because in the cartoon, Duke was over the top. Like all American everything, man. Which I thought was campy in its own right. Which made it funny for me, man. They're like... Uh-huh. This, remember, you remember the mask? Like the first five episode miniseries? That started it oh. all? The mask device? Like, they showed Duke, like, when he was a teenager, all the stuff he was doing and how he was. And I was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, he was a, a badass football player. And yeah. He was all-American everything. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I mean, if he was more dookie, it would be great. And I'm going to add one third thing. More Snake Eyes. They didn't get do enough justice to Snake Eyes, man. I know you read the comic. I know the stories of the comic. Okay, so that that leads right into okay. the first thing I would change. Cool, go. I would have followed the comic source material way more closely, like Snake Eyes' origin, oh, his man. disfigurement, yep, um, etc. Like I'd replaced the high tech training montage. Oh yeah, with the Hell Week one from the comic. Right. I looked it up and I know what issue it is. It's issue uh, eighty two. Oh yeah, and it's the one where like the new GI Joes are being uh, trained. Uh huh. And it's a, it's brutal. It has like a full metal jacket feel to it. Okay. I really enjoyed that comic. Um, And like Cobra Commander's son being Storm Shadow's student. Oh, yeah? And losing an eye and a leg in an explosion and stuff. Huh. He's a one-eyed, one-legged ninja. What? Wait. Okay. I don't know anything about this guy, but just the same. Yeah, his name is Billy. Okay. And Cobra Commander's and Snake Eyes' uh, backstories are intertwined. Right. In like a weird, crazy way. And like Larry Hama, he's a titan at IDW Comics now. Okay. Take a look. It's not at Marvel. So you you still read it then, right? 
Know. No, I don't. <laughs> I haven't read comics in a long time. Unfortunately, I, like I feel like a hypocrite not reading comics, but I'm actually working on one. You know. I mean, look, I can't make an animated movie because that's beyond my capability. What's not beyond my capability is making a comic. Yeah, okay, I got you. And the second thing, okay, so the first thing was follow the comic source material. Right. The second thing is you need a director, writers, producers that love the original stuff. Right. I agree. Like, deviating from it is fine. I don't care. It's fine. But keep it recognizable. Right. Like, if you're not going to keep it recognizable, and that, come on, like the first G.I. Joe movie, Rise of Cobra, whatever that was. Yeah. That They could have just slapped a different name on it. and They could have. It would have been a run-of-the-mill sci-fi slash military thing right yep adventure military thing yep they could have they totally could have did that but yeah those are my two things no sergeant slaughter in it or something the real sergeant slaughter he's still around man i know he is man that would have been all he's still (laughs) just put him in the movie throw him in there they better hurry up though because like we just lost mean gene oh yeah but that would have been awesome, man. Have him show up with the Rotten Roxo wrestler too. It would have been great. You know, when you said that topic, man, I started thinking of all the cartoons that are great. Yeah. Resolute is still my favorite. Yeah. Resolute is amazing. Listener, if you haven't seen G.I. Joe Resolute, get on YouTube, get on Crackle or Tubi, whatever online free video watching channel you can find and look up G.I. Joe Resolute. It's going to make you, it'll make you happy, man. I yeah, or get on Amazon or eBay or something. Yeah. You can still find it out there. I saw it on Amazon, and it's an excellent 60 minutes worth of G.I. Joe that you will not regret. Not at all, man. You'll be very happy that you did it, and you might even pull out some of your toys because of it. <laughs> I had to go buy Snake uh, Eyes again, and then I introduced him to my son. Which Snake Eyes did you get? The one with Timber and the Night Mask. Couldn't find the original. Snake Eyes version 2 is better anyway. Yeah, much better. He's way cooler. The first Snake Eyes, did you see the toys that made us? No, I haven't watched that yet. I've been dodging it because I saw He-Man on the cover. I started watching it and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> but the G.I. Joe one was really good. Larry Hama's in that as well. He explains like how he got involved in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he was a, He's a Vietnam vet. Yeah. And he has like all this... Uh, all this military experience and stuff. So he used like real military terminology and stuff in the comics and it draws you in. Yeah, man. Cause it's real. Right. It feels authentic. Yeah. That's what you want, man. I mean, that's a, that's great storytelling. We going to do this episode thing or what, man? Yeah. And we're going to talk about G.I. Joe instead. You ready to shake things up? I am ready to go GR all over this piece. That was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard GR and I was like, what does he mean by, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh boy. So this episode aired on September 25th, 1986, and nobody knows who it was written by. What? No? The Rangers Wiki lists the writer as TBA. That's right. It was written by Tony Braxton's attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, this is shaky and it's starting. Right. What? Tony Braxton's attorney. Hello. Short, <laughs> thick self. This is shaky, and it's starting now. I can remember there's a dress she wore that was kind of shaky back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Oh, uh, it's start. Take it easy, Jay. I know, <laughs> man. <laughs> Sorry, man. I remember that moment when I saw that video, and I was like, eh. okay. Anyways, it starts off on a rocky planet. The surface has a lot of rumbling going on, and it's covered with volcanoes. Beneath the surface is some kind of burrowing vehicle making its way around underground. 
In the cockpit is none other than Prospector Roy from last episode. And at the controls beside him is his robot donkey pal, Burro. Give us some more power, Burro. <laughs> yeah, Burro's at the controls, that's right. So why is the ass, robotic ass, driving the vehicle? So it's going to be that kind of episode, huh? Okay, Tony Braxton's attorney. <laughs> okay. I can see why you're in hiding. That's right. So they break through a wall, <laughs> and it opens the way to a system of tunnels. At this point, Roy is complaining that he spent his life savings on the Rumbo 44 digging machine. I can't get into that, man. So, hold on, hold on. His life savings? Yeah, dude, wait. Like, just last episode, he hit the big time, right? Right, right. That's he, my he point. He found the treasure map to the universe, <laughs> along with whatever treasures were in the Cobra King's tomb. Yep. So, what happened to all that loot? That's what I'm saying. I'll tell you what. Uh-oh. He blew it all in one night on cosmic coke and space hookers. <laughs> Where'd he go? Tartuna! <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, mid the ground cracks open amid a ton of um, seismic movement. Mid-what? mid okay. Because he's like crying, okay. complaining oh, about... I got you, dude. He's belly aching. <laughs> of course. He... Tony backs and flashbacks. I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so Roy hits the ground jaw first, and he mentions the planet's name, much like Roy's moral compass. Is shaky. <laughs> for sure. I'm just kidding, Dan Fiorella. <laughs> Come on, man. Why did they name this shaky? Because the whole planet's shaky. So what, man? They were like, we're not even going to be creative. Not even a little bit. <laughs> so Roy makes it back to his seat beside Burrow, who, might I remind you, is driving. Wait, uh, then, what the fuck? <laughs> then Burrow, as only he can, tells Roy that he sees what appear to be star stones straight ahead. Roy snaps his fingers in celebration. But the finger snap causes a cave-in, burying the star stones right before their eyes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the snap really didn't do that. I know, the snap didn't do that. I did watch the episode. Cut to a nearby town. A group of shady characters are playing around with their futuristic DJ equipment. That's right. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Because that's exactly what they look like, dude. <laughs> like, waiting for the dude in the back start beatboxing. <laughs> So we recognize them as the Black Hole Gang because Patchy McOneye and the rat dude with oh, a yeah. sword on his back are present. Was he a badger? What is he? What is he? I thought he was a rat. I don't know what it. No, man. He's like kind of husky. Look, I'm thinking like badger or uh, I don't know, groundhog maybe. I don't know, man. Yeah, you could be right. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, he's an alien, so like he yeah. doesn't have to be any of those things. He's also but... yeah. He could be um alien dog. Could be whatever. Hmm. Uh, so they, they intercept the transmission that Roy is sending to Beta Mountain on Earth. Do you notice how Roy, as soon as like anything happens to him, he always needs a witness. Think about it, man. He was on the other planet as soon as he found something, right? He didn't go much deeper. He just stopped right away and made a phone call to Beta Mountain. He's always finding stuff that puts him in over his head. Yeah. I'm glad he recognizes that so he's in over his head generally, though. The message that he sends to uh, Beta Mountain yields three important pieces of info. One, Roy found star stones. Two, he's keeping the location a secret in case somebody is listening in. And three, Roy is kind of creepy when it comes to Nico. Yeah, yeah. I'd be right glad to show him the sweet Nico and old Wally. He's like, send that big booty bang girl down here. I mean, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Send that bootylicious Nico over to me. She could bring Wally too. Uh oh. Bring her pimp. I mean, wait, wait a minute. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Don't call me Wally. And that'll be 100 bucks. Oh, man. That totally messed me up now. Doc's an angry pimp. <laughs> no, we're not going to go there. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I made the Wayne Brady comparison last time. Sorry. I love Wayne Brady, man. That, that, that was my favorite Chappelle episode. Well, one of my favorites. So the Black Hole Gang immediately traced the call to Roy's location. Hopefully, he at least got far from the dig site before making his broadcast. Mm. Cut to Beta Mountain. Oh, snap. Looks like Shane Gooseman is on this mission. Nice. Along with Nico and Doc. Right. So it was established last episode that Roy has the house for Nico, right? Right. And that he enjoys giving Doc a hard time. Right. But Goose is the X Factor. We don't know yet which Goose we'll be seeing today. Right. Angry Goose or Cheerful Goose. Right. Goose's personality changes depending on who's writing him. That's true. So let's see where Tony Braxton's attorney takes us. <laughs> so Handlebars and cue ball are giving them the lowdown. And there he is, Cheerful Goose. Friend of yours, Wally? Hey, nobody calls me Wally and lives to tell the tale. I'm frightened, Cowborg. Right. Looks like Roy just got his ass saved. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, I thought he'd be a little more angry because the Black Hole Gang. Because generally in those episodes, he's not as nice, man. Although, I will say, when you know, we was with Macross, he was Cheerful Goose, come to think of it. Yeah, he was a sweetheart. He uh, was. That was when he met Annie. Yeah, he was like, Annie, see you later behind the shed. Annie. <laughs> Annie, wear that Tony Braxton dress. Annie. <laughs> That's good. not Annie's style. Oh, if he asked her that way, it would be. That's true. She would make it her style. You saw the way, man. Whatever. Because <laughs> it was a whole, whole bunch of innuendos in that episode. So Goose, having apparently heard about Roy's uncanny ability to seek out and exploit a person's pet peeves, calls Doc Wally, which pisses him off no end. <laughs> While Goose and Doc bro out and exchange headlocks, yep. Nico listens intently to their briefing. Right? These two dudes are fighting in the hallway. <laughs> Don't call me Wally. So Shaky is especially earthquakey lately. Right. Uh, star stones are being uncovered. And Goose reminds us, in case we missed the episodes involving star stones, how valuable they are and how bad guys will do bad guy stuff to get them. Right. Handlebars rises to his feet and gives them their orders. Go to Shaky, help Roy secure his claim, charge up and get going. And then out of nowhere, he drops it on them. Take Buzzwang with you. That's <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. Oh, shit. <laughs> Curveball. <laughs> what are we taking this dude? Uh, you see Tony Braxton's attorney? I thought we could be friends, but you keep playing. I don't know why they sent that guy. Just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm serious, man. I was just like, what the wait? No, why? You're anti-Buzzwang? <laughs> I am anti-Buzzwang. The name alone is anti. Anti-J. They're like, Buzzwing. Okay, see, someone just just not helpful. It sounds like the name of an adult toy. Doesn't it? I was going to go there. So Ranger 1 launches. With Buzzwing. It's a super short. With short, Buzzwing. It's a super. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I need some water. I don't think about it, man. Ranger 1 launches. I'm going to let you finish riffing because. <laughs> That's good enough, dude. I want to get back to it. Anyways, go. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. All right, good. It's bad. So Ranger 1 launches. It's a super short launch sequence. Cut to shaky. The Rumbo 44 is doing its thing in a tunnel. And uh, Burrow says something about star stones. Roy shuts him down. Push the hard stones. Them stones are our secret till Nico and Wally get here. He says. Right. 
So just then, Boro announces that they found diamonds. Personally, I prefer diamonds over star stones. Right. Like, as coveted as they are, they seem like more trouble than they're worth. Mm-hmm. They're volatile, explosive. They evaporate in sunlight. They do. And plus, every douchebag in the galaxy would do anything for them. That's right. That includes Rat Dude with a sword strapped to his back. Right. And by the way, he's been in a few episodes already. The sword, ever present. Yep. Never uses it. Yeah, we have yet to see him use that thing. Never. He pulls out a gun first. I I, I do understand, you know, knife to a gunfight, but still, never. I hope there's an episode in the future that's all fencing all day. Hmm. And Rat Dude has to be front and center. I hope so, too. I know there's one with fencing in it, but... Maybe finally he gets to break out his sword. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, uh, diamonds. Roy gets fired on by the claim-jumping black hole gang. They're in a bigger, badder drill machine. Right. With guns. Right. So they blow a giant hole in the side of Rumbo. You would think that Rumbo would have weapons, too, because he spent his life savings. All the money he didn't blow on Tartuna. <laughs> Playing Monopoly. Yep. On Cosmic Coke. And Cosmic Coke in <laughs> Space Eaters. So, <laughs> Doing rails of Coke off a pedulant hooker's ass. Oh, dude, that's horrible. <laughs> it's like a, sucking Coke out of Raisin Crack. That's great. No, no, pedulant. Oh, pedulant. That's worse, man. It's like a pig butt. <laughs> pedulant. Wheezy in those guys. So, yeah. That's not much fun. They do have skinny ones too, man. They have skinny pedulants? Yeah. Remember the one of them was a skinny one was driving a wagon in um one of the episodes. I forget what it was. Okay. They mentioned Geezy. They're like, oh, that's a pedulant after my own heart. Oh, okay. How's this guy skinny? He has a cosmic coke problem. <laughs> pedulant sniffing. Oh man. Why would you do cosmic coke with a pedulant? You see the noses on them? They put away one kilo of snort. That's right. Just put it. Don't bogart the coke, man. <laughs> Hey, she just took one breath. <laughs> Wally, can I get an advance? This is taking a bad turn. This is taking a bad turn. All right. <laughs> so-, so the Rumbo <laughs> gets a giant freaking hole blown in the side of it. Oh, Roy and Burrow make a run for it. Roy gets tractor beamed. Not in space, but he gets tractor beamed. That's weird. He got tractor beams and guns on this thing. Mm-hmm. So a Burrow gets away because they don't think he's worth chasing. Right. A mistake they won't live to regret. That night, Burrow stages a rescue for Roy. He sneaks into their hideout wearing a Rambo bandana and kills them both in their sleep. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Molly! And uh, now that the bad guys are dead, the episode ends. That's right. Can you imagine? That would be awesome. Burrow comes in, modded out. <laughs> With his bazooka. He's got some human appendages. Oh, he did the 30-30 thing. His gun would probably be called, I don't know, Tony Braxton. <laughs> That's what he named his bazooka, Tony Braxton. Say hello to Tony Braxton. <laughs> I think Burrow should have like a, a different type of accent, though, once he changes. I mean, uh, Burrow? Yeah, he needs one. I mean, you know, 3030 was very... Burrow talks, and he does have an accent. He has a donkey accent. It's, but no, nah, man. But when he changes, he has to have like a voice voice. Because he's, you know, he's going, he's avenging, resting in his butt. You son of a bitch are going to pay. <laughs> so, Bad. That's not bad. He kicks the door in. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bad. So they have Roy tractor beamed. He shouts for Burrow to get help. Cut to Ranger 1 having just landed on Shaky. The Rangers have already deployed their robot horses. Nico and Goose are on Voyager and Triton, respectively. Right. Uh, Doc is on Mel with Buzzwang riding bitch. <clears throat> of course. No. That's an actual term. I, I realized that, dude. That makes sense. 
You're not on back. You're on beach duty. When you're on the back of the motorcycle, they call that riding bitch. That sounds great. So here's my problem. They're on a planet that's shaking all the time. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't they ride the hover cycles? I think they really wanted to play up the Western vibe of it all. Because it's like a gold rush town. Right. I guess so, man. The landing zone is unstable and surrounded by lava. Goose talks into a watch he's never worn before. He tells Alma to take Ranger 1 into orbit. What, Alma's pilot in Ranger 1? Yes. I didn't realize. I didn't remember that. Yeah. So Alma takes Ranger 1 skyward, and the Rangers ride toward the town. There's some playful banter between the guys. They're making references to Tombstone and Val Kilmer. Monte Carlo, it isn't. How about Tombstone? Sure, and I'm Doc Holliday. That is, until Nico straightens them out and gets them focused on the mission at hand. That's right. <laughs> no wonder Roy is loving Nico. She's ride or die for him. Luckily for him, cheerful Goose is in the place. No joke, man. She's like, we have to help Roy. You know why? Little space coat got Nico right. <laughs> She's like, wait. I know Roy has a stash somewhere. So oh, wow. She you, you, say, you say she's got a little junky thing to her? Yeah, dude, man. That's Yikes. why she likes Roy like that, man. He's her dealer? No, 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 no. He's like, you know, that friend that you know that always has something. Is always holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's Roy. He's got a little space coat. She went across the galaxy to get him. She must really want that coat. You know, she hooks up every once in a while, I think. You know. Cosmic coat. <laughs> 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 a thieves song. And Goose is all in because that's why it's happy Goose. Do you think about it? Handlebar was like, Goose, go with him. He was like, Cosmic coat. <laughs> it's like Space Ghost, man. I'm picturing Space Ghost when I say it. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, oh, we're a mess. Cosmic coat. Oh, Captain Caveman. <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. Captain Cosmic Coke. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So they ride through town and Nico spots Burrow at a recharging trowel. Yeah. Getting his battery on. Uh, so she asks where Roy is. Where's Roy? And he says, Cardstone? What kind of answer is that? Cut know. to the Black Hole Gang's uh, lovely hideout in the middle of the woods. So they got Roy tied to a chair yeah. and they're demanding he tell them where the Star Stones are. <clears throat> he plays dumb, refusing to give up his claim. The rat guy walks over, and it cuts away <laughs> to another scene. <laughs> oh, man, they beat the ever-loving shit out of him, I'm sure of it. They beat the ever-loving shit out of him. When they come back, you see him. He's, so- He's dead when they come back to him. <laughs> so Burrow is leading the rangers through the tunnel system. Goose comments that the tremors are getting worse. Right, of course they are. Nico seems unsure if Burrow is really leading them to Roy. Whoa. She's right to have doubted him. Buru led them not to Roy, but to the Rumbo digging machine. Mm-hmm. See, he almost had me fooled. I thought he was a genius when I saw him driving that thing, but his intelligence is in question now. Buru, where's Roy? There are star stones. <laughs> no, I said Roy. There are folding chair. <laughs> I will beat you, Buru. <laughs> I bet any amount of money, man, if you hear truly what Buru was saying, Buru was probably like, they took his punk ass. He was... Too cosmic coked out to know that it was time to go. And I tried to tell him, but all he heard was this burrow voice. You know what? The cosmic coke thing was like supposed to be a one-time thing <laughs> because I, I did not want to besmirch Prospector's reputation. Oh, come on, he's man. Like, gotta... He's Dan Fiorella's favorite guy. He's you know still what I mean? my favorite guy, too. <laughs> Dan either will be mad at us or really laugh really hard when he hears it. So. Oh, man. <laughs> 
but thanks to Nico's psychic powers, Burrow's attempt to waste their time gets thwarted. She badges up and reads the rumbo digging machine. Her eyes go purple, and she gets an image of Roy tied to a chair while Cyborg Shrek kicks him repeatedly in the ribs. <laughs> nah, that didn't happen. No, no, no. <laughs> At least not on screen. No, it did not. Because <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> He'll be fine. It's a kid's show. That's right. He will survive. (laughs) So Nico gets an exact GPS location of the shack hideout. Uh, Just kidding. Her psychic powers are not that potent That's what I get ready to say. I was like, what? But she spots tread marks left by the black hole gang's drilling machine. Which they didn't notice when they got in the bloody cave. Hmm. Mm. So uh, Gooseman says he and Nico will rescue Roy while Doc and Buzz Wang find these star stones that Burrow keeps talking about. You notice Doc was cool with that. He was like, it's cool. I don't have to go get shot at. Yeah. And F that guy, by the way. I don't want to go see him. Uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to try to rescue him and he's going to call me Wally. F him. I'll leave him tied to a chair getting kicked in the ribs. How about that? <laughs> That's right. Dan's going to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly not sure what to do. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should like cut out all the cocaine references <laughs> holy shit do we have any episodes where you didn't edit it all out all, all the really messed up stuff that we happen no for the most part we keep <laughs> most of the stuff that's funny even if it's offensive if it's funny enough i keep it in uh-huh this is gonna be one of them so they hop on burrow's back and he brings him to the place where roy found the star stones they're still buried under a bunch of rubble so as doc prepares to start digging a crack begins opening above buzz wang's head and a drop of water leaks out of it. It quickly grows into a hole and dumps a few tons of water on Buzz. So he's actually submerged for a bit. Right. But don't worry, he tells Doc that he's 100% rust proof. I am 100% rust proof, guaranteed. Glad to hear it. Of course he is. Suddenly, another tremor hits and Doc gets buried under a bunch of falling boulders. I mean, how he survived this is beyond me. Did you see the size of those boulders? I that did. I did. Doc, I was like, how did they form a perfect dome around him? He got secret psychic powers. He's, He's got a rabbit's foot up his yeah, he probably does. rear end. Yeah, he does. Meanwhile, in the shack, Roy is unconscious. Probably from all the rip shots he's taken. <laughs> so uh, Cyborg Shrek and the rat dude have punched in the coordinates for the Star Stones. Literally. How'd they get the coordinates, you might be wondering? They asked Roy nicely. Either that or they waterboarded him. (laughs) Or he punched him in. There's a lot of implied violence. Very subliminal stuff. That's true. So uh, Cyborg Shrek happens to look out the window and sees Goose and Nico approaching. Yeah. Holding hands, skipping in the forest like Hansel and Gretel. (laughs) Right? They look so serene as they're heading towards the shack. Where the heck are your horses? So Cyborg Shrek and the rat swordsman immediately start shooting. Right. Nico takes cover behind a boulder and fires back with her shotgun. Gooseman takes a few shots at them while laying prone. Knowing that this is the lamest position to shoot from. Yeah, that's what I heard. You know, it is true, man. How do, how do you yeah. change direction if someone comes up behind you if you're in prone? Yeah. yeah, roll on your back and get shot in the chest. Yeah, I played some Modern Warfare. It's not good to lay prone. I played paintball. Don't do it. Then Goose tells Nico to cover him so he could charge at them. Yep. But before they can enact that plan, another tremor hits and the ground before them opens up resulting in a deep crevice with lava at the bottom of it. To make matters worse, Nico's boulder crumbles and falls into the lava chasm. The falling boulder hitting the lava creates a gas cloud that temporarily keeps the black hole guys from getting a beat on the rangers. Right. But that doesn't stop them from firing blind. Yeah, I would do it. They were in that general direction. Pat, 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 pat. 
Suddenly, Goose realizes that Nico is about to get hit by the universe's most dramatically slow laser. (laughs) (laughs) He dives at her, knocking her out of the laser's path. I know, he's making the whole slow motion. But his heroic feat causes him to fall into the lava chasm. Of course it does. He hits the lava as Nico calls to him in despair. Goose! Nico, vengeance in her eyes, rolls and returns fire at Cyborg Shrek and Ratatatouille. I got the joke, man. It wasn't that good, though. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. ah. it's all right i've done worse her cover is gone though so it's looking pretty hopeless for her until a glowing molten rock hand rises up and grabs the edge of the chasm it's none other than radioactive ben Grimm. <laughs> that's right boys and girls the thing from fantastic four makes a cameo in this episode that marvel crossover gotta love it but it's short-lived because apparently he has radiation poisoning and is not too long for this world no kidding so cyborg shrek says hey what is that thing see it's confirmed thing is all in this bitch i see it. i see it there you go <laughs> <laughs> no but uh seriously as the rat guy points out it's that ranger mutant so gooseman series 5 implant strikes again his biodefenses caused him to transform into a humanoid lava creature. He lumbers toward them and smashes through the wall. He finds both of them cowering in a corner, still holding their guns. <laughs> That's right. He picks them up and smashes them together. What would you do? Um, burn them with my lava hands, maybe? Right before he picks them up, Rat Dude actually says, Pick him up? And now, I think that was an error. Really? Yeah, I think the voice actor mistakenly read a script line that was not intended to be dialogue. Oh, man. I got to listen to it carefully again. You know, like when actors read stage direction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that happens. Have you ever seen the, the scene from the 90s Hercules series? Okay, yeah. I loved that show. I used to watch that every morning with the wife, before she was the wife. Kevin Sorbo, in this episode, he's like an evil Hercules. Mm-hmm. And he's disappointed and actually screams. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. I thought that was intentional, though. No. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like from a, from a negative dimension or yeah, something yeah. like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. When he realizes that he's in his own world, he's supposed to say it disappointedly. Right. But he goes, wait a minute. I'm in my own world. Disappointed! <laughs> I love that. I thought that was good. That's why they kept it. <laughs> I think they had disappointed in parentheses. Yep. <laughs> and he saw the parentheses. He was like, make it big? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he went there. He went. I thought that was awesome. Oh, it's amazing. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to put that little clip in the show notes if I find it. Yep, please do, man. <laughs> please do. So Magma Goose has concussed the bad guys. Right. Then Nico walks in, holsters her shoddy, and strikes a pose. And kicks the living sh- I love when TMS shows off, man. Yeah. I just found out that TMS animated my favorite Transformers episode. Oh, yeah? Call of the Primitives. Okay. It's famous for being the most uh, stylistically different, arguably the best animated Transformers episode. Right. Special thanks to the Autopod Decepticast guys for that nugget of info. Yeah, good stuff. They researched the hell out of their stuff. A little bit better than us. Unlike us, we kind of gloss over shit. Yeah, that's right. We just try it. We look at it and keep it moving. So Roy wakes up and calls to Nico. She runs over and unties him. Yeah. Magma Goose asks if he's okay. Unties him and picks his pockets. (laughs) Nico pulls out a device. (laughs) Most likely the ranger version of a tricorder and waves it in front of Roy. She determines that the black hole gang guys used a hypno scanner on him. Oh. It appears that violence was not necessary in order for them to get uh, get the info they wanted. Oh, I guess. We were wrong. My bad. <laughs> so the beating that may have occurred was strictly for fun. 
Good to know. I think that's good. That's true. <laughs> so Roy concedes that he folded like a deck chair right. on the Titanic <laughs> or something. That's right. I think I got some metaphors mixed up. Sorry. That's right. uh, point is, Roy gave up the info. That's right. Then he sees Magma Goose and thinks the hypnoscan got him drunk AF. He's not drunk. So Nico introduces him as Galaxy Ranger Shane Gooseman. Goose changes back to his alarmingly handsome self. Roy stares at him for a beat and changes the subject. He's like, what the, what just happened? He's like, what the what? <laughs> he's still, he's, all right. <laughs> Wait, that dramatic pause is cool, man. It was like, a dramatic pause, man. He, I like, it. he said, what is that? And then he changes back and Nico introduced him. He's like, he's totally quiet. Looking at him like, F that guy. What the what? <laughs> he's like, okay, whatever. I just saw that. He says that Cyborg Shrek and Master Splinter radioed their boss with the location of the Star Stones. Right. Nico checks in on Doc and Buzzwang. No answer from Doc. But Buzzwang tells her about Doc being buried under falling rocks. She tells Buzz to hang tight and warns him to watch out for the Black Hole Gang. Then Goose calls Alma for a status report. She says that the geological disturbances are subsiding. So they head out to the mine, leaving the two concussed a-holes in the shack. Right. Cut to Doc awakening in a cramped air pocket under the rocks. Mm -hmm. He badges up and calls Buzzwang through his implant. We've never seen anybody do that. That's true. New ability discovered. Level up. (laughs) (laughs) Buzzwang says something about helping Doc and takes a few steps before his joints all freeze due to the water from earlier. Oh, he didn't rust. He just... Doc says, rust proof my eye. (laughs) Yeah, that's not what he said. (laughs) <laughs> That's not what he said. He pulls out his flask and orders Firefly to help Buzzwang. Right. Buzz gets his groove back and tells Burrow to keep an eye out while he works on freeing Doc. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, a hovercar full of black hole gangsters evades falling rocks. Uh, ev- evades falling rocks and zips along a path. Right. Patch, their boss, uh, states their main objectives: get the Star Stones, get off the planet. Mm-hmm. I noticed that there are several identical lizard dudes in the back. They must be like the Black Hole Gang red shirts. Yeah, yeah, they are, man. If you think about it, they show up. In, and actually, everybody's red shirt. Even Captain Kidd had some on his crew. Yeah, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, Goose and Nico ride for the mine with Roy. They spot the speeder from a bluff overhead. The Black Hole Gang is about to beat them to the mine, prompting them to move even faster. So as expected, the Black Hole Gang get there first and spot Buzzwang digging Doc out. Mm-hmm. There's a joke where Patch says, I've got eyes. Right. <laughs> it reminds me of a meme where somebody snapped a pic of their TV, and there's a guy with an eye patch on Wheel of Fortune. Uh-huh. Uh, the wife says, I thought you hate that show. And the husband says, I do, but I'm not changing the channel until I see that dude asked to buy an eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. It's cruel, yeah, That's but horrible. funny. Good stuff, man. Patch orders his minions to stop Buzz and the expendable lizard guys open fire. He tells Doc that he's under attack before making a run for it. Then Buzz gets shot in the back, which uh, seems to short him out. Mm. This pisses Burrow off. Right. The donkey kicks a black hole hooligan as they advance on the dock-filled rock pile. Mm-hmm. Then as one of them aims his pistol at Burrow, it gets shot out of his hand. Goose and Nico have arrived. Nico somersaults while firing her shotgun and takes one dude out. That's an awesome move. That is an awesome move. She does some pretty good stuff with that shotgun, man. Yes. She's handy with it. I know. Goose praises her shooting. He's right. He should. She's taking people out with a shotgun. Nice shot. The camera immediately cuts to Doc. I think he heard Goose being impressed by somebody other than him, and it did not sit well. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) 
Anyways, uh, Doc takes control of Buzzwang using his uh, psychic connection to Firefly? Yeah. Buzzwang, I'm gonna get you up. New cool. ability, level Another two. Another new ability discovered. He leveled up twice while inside those rocks. Level two. It's very much like the Transformers episode where Chip Chase uses a primitive computer and keyboard. No kidding, to man. To control an injured prowl. Oh, no, yeah. So I will say this, though, man. That episode reminded me of... We went to um, that game company, Terra Nova. We all had those little gaming pads, and he was playing with just the keyboard. Maybe you did. I didn't. That's where I learned to play with a keyboard and mouse. Well, we're playing Duke Nukem, I know. But he didn't use the mouse either. Oh. He was all keyboard. Wow. He was doing some pretty amazing stuff. It was Duke Nukem. That was when online gaming, before it was really online gaming. Yep. Good times. Mid-90s. You know Man. it. Okay, so so he's controlling them like Chip Chase was controlling Prowl. Yep. And they play up the comedy aspect a lot. But Buzz Wang makes short work of the red shirts attacking him. Right. Uh, the black hole guys all surrender. Except for Patch, who attempts to make a strategic withdrawal in a hover car. Mm-hmm. Goose quick draws and with a single shot disables the car. He won't be going anywhere for a while. So Patch breaks out on foot. He trips over an unknown foot. And looks up to see Roy pointing his trusty recoil-producing photon bazooka dead at his noggin. No kidding. <laughs> wow. That is a tongue twister, I wrote. It is. Very good. Then, Burrow pulls his signature move and hits Roy from behind. There's a joke in there about an ass hitting an ass, but... No kidding. <laughs> we might have made it last episode. I'm not sure. I don't think we did. So, so the entire... Okay, so an ass just hit an ass. There you go. <laughs> so the entire gang is now under arrest. That leaves one last thing. Rescuing Doc. Cheerful Goose removing the stone near Doc's head reveals there are crystals on the other side of it. And also lining Doc's entire rock cocoon. Stones! Doc, you found them. Not so fast, my Goose Man. Doc reveals that they're actually fool stones. Not the highly coveted precious stones that have caused so much trouble in past episodes. Mm-hmm. Cut to Ranger 1 entering hyperspace. All our heroes are crowded into the cockpit for their closing thoughts. Roy laments having come up empty-handed and not having the money to replace his rumbo digging machine. Empty-handed? Didn't he find a crap ton of diamonds? No kidding. What did he do with the diamonds? Already. Cosmic Coke. So Doc tells him that he'll be rewarded bounty for helping capture the Black Hole Gang. Great, he's going to start that reward too. No kidding. <laughs> no, he did not help capture... The Black Hole Gang. The only thing Roy did this episode is prove he can take a licking. No, no, he took a licking, but he had that bazooka in place. That's his one little contribution. Okay, thank you, Roy. He got the leader. Yes. Doc gets called Wally a couple times, which seems to genuinely piss him off. As usual. Luckily, Burrow runs into him, which somehow breaks the tension. Right. So many questions, Tony Braxton's attorney. No kidding. No kidding. And... (laughs) And a good wrap-up. (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah that was definitely not one of my favorite episodes but it's fine i didn't trash it when i first saw the episode i thought i was gonna trash it but as i was going through doing the detailed run through yep it started to become fun like i started to notice really cool stuff about it though like mm-hmm. the magma goose yep nico's animation yeah a lot of it was really cool oh yeah nico doing her tms pose yeah yeah the space coke man just that made it for me <laughs> You ready to close it out? I am. All right, let's do this. Okay. Okay, listener, that was Shaky. And next episode, we're going to be doing episode 18 titled Space Moby. Tune in next time. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Galaxy underscore Rangers. We're also on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review us. 
will hunt down Tony Braxton's attorney. <laughs> too much of a commitment? Fine. Just do one or two of those things, but then we'll probably only be able to locate Mary J. Blige's accountant. <laughs> Visit our website, series6podcast.com. The number six. Right. Hear me talk toys with you. I'm a- <laughs> what so, happened, Jay? Accountant things still got me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me talk toys with you on my fellow Audio Nights on the Figure Nights Theater Podcast. That's at FKT Podcast. Send us feedback. You can email us at galaxyrangers at email.com. That's galaxyrangers, no space, at email. Not Gmail, E, because ET plus TF equals Bumblebee. Go see it. <laughs> what the fuck? We've been your host. I'm RD. And I'm Jay. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Disengage your freaking hyperdrive. Bye. Later. Oh man. Back when I still lived in Massachusetts, my coworker told me that a squirrel got in the house Mm -hmm. and he had it trapped, like cornered. Okay. And he stabbed it. (laughs) No, dude. He stabbed the squirrel. Uh, He had a kitchen knife and he stabbed it. That's outrageous. That's a whole other level of violence, man. I can't do that. <laughs> he said he stabbed it and it didn't die. It freaked out and started running around the room, squirting uh, blood everywhere. Oh, so... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was crying. That's that is horrific. It is, but listen to us, we're like laughing like he's the best thing we ever heard, dude. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, man. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, why is the heat on? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, it's a freaking thing. Cagate en tu madre. Yes. You're going to take that out too, right? Yep. Okay. And faraway place, the planet of New Texas floats deep in space. Sky of three suns, land of precious ore, the carrion rush brought out by the storm. And one day, a lawman appears, with powers of pop, wolf, puma, and bear. Protector of peace, mystic man from afar. Champion of justice, Marshal Craig Star. Craig Star. Eyes of the heart, ears of the soul. Craig Star. Craig Star.